Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading this morning is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethany and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, you call us to worship and to praise you today. We have come into this house singing your praises, waving our palm branches, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As we've sung your praises and have prayed our petitions and lifted our words to you, your spirit has woven itself amongst us. It has filled our hearts. So, Lord, as we are full of your spirit, let it transform our lives so that we would leave this place not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. A few years back, I was traveling abroad and was in Switzerland and uh, with one of my friends and we were to meet some other friends there in the city of Zurich. And so while we were waiting for our friends to arrive, we decided to take a walk downtown. And as we're walking into the heart of the city, we noticed signs everywhere on every street corner. And this is what they said. Strasse geschlossene Parada Heute. So recalling my college German, which was uh, uh which means, yeah, not so great, um, I remembered pretty much this is what it said. The streets closed, there's a parade today. I was pretty impressed with myself, right? But we're sitting there thinking, well, what else have we got to do? This ought to be interesting because, I mean, we know the Swiss, right? They are very neat and orderly people. I mean, these are the folks that gave us precision timepieces trains running on time, great chocolate, you know, all these things. Like, what would a Swiss parade look like? 
I mean, when you've got neat, orderly, button-down people, what would their parades look like? So we thought, well, we'll stick around. Well, pretty soon we heard the bands first. I mean, oompa bands, loud as you can imagine, drums and horns and accordions and everything that you can imagine. And the next thing you know, imagine Mardi Gras with a Germanic feel to it. Now, hang with me. Instead of, you know, some of the, the crazy floats that you see in New Orleans, imagine woodland spirits and trolls and gnomes and bands upon bands. I mean, that's what it was. And all the Swiss and Zurich where they were right there on the main streets and they were a completely different people. I mean, they were cheering and yelling. I mean, we could pick up every 12th word and it was positive and it was exciting and it was fun. And you couldn't help but be caught up in this whole experience. And as the parade sort of finished, we thought, well, that's going to be it, right? And they carried all this energy into the beer gardens and into the pubs and in the restaurants and everything was fun. It was just warm atmosphere. And within two hours, they were back to the reserved, on time, orderly Swiss that we know. I mean, you could set a watch by it within two hours. But as I thought about this amazing parade, I thought about that every year, that one parade every year when I come to this one, when we come to the one that we are celebrating, Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. I mean, I've been to a lot of parades, the Blowing Rock Christmas Parade, the Winston-Salem Thanksgiving Parade, Homecoming Parade, you name it, I've been to a lot of them. But it's that one parade, that one in Zurich that sticks in my mind. Because as exciting as it was, within hours, it was as if it was a dream, like it had never happened. In today's text, Jesus has that triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's a simple, glorious parade. It's Jesus on a donkey, everybody laying their cloaks on the road, breaking off their palm branches, saying, Glory to God, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees were so upset by all the cacophony of noise and everything, they, they yelled at Jesus and rebuked him, said, make your disciples, make the crowd be quiet. And Jesus just chuckled, as he must have with every contact with the Pharisees, just chuckled. And he said, you know, even if I could get them quiet, the stones would cry out. Meaning this is such a glorious day. This is so wonderful that the all of creation is celebrating. But do you know what my favorite part of the parade is? It's what happens at the very beginning of the story. See, Jesus is there as he approaches Jerusalem, as he approaches the town of Bethpage and Bethany. He's there and he tells two of his disciples, he says, you know what? Go into town. And in town, you're going to find a donkey tied up to a tree. Just take it. And if anyone asks you, hey, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord requires it. I mean, really? That works? Like you could go take something and say, the Lord requires it. And they would say, why, sure, take my donkey. Well, we know what happens in the text, don't we? Sure enough, the disciples, I mean, they're good disciples. They've trusted Jesus this far. Why not? They go into town. They find the donkey just as he said. It's tied up right where they told him he would be tied up. They go to untie the donkey and someone comes out and says, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And you know what they said, right? The Lord requires it. And the people said, by all means, take the donkey. I mean, talk about power. But I mean, they take the donkey and they go back. And I really think about both that statement and the simple fact that it was the donkey that they took. 
the humblest of animals. The humblest of animals is what Jesus rides into Jerusalem on his finest glory. You know, the donkey is the only animal with a cross on its back. If you look at pictures of donkeys and you look at their fur, they have a cross going right across their back. The only animal in all of creation is if God blessed that creature for this special purpose. But there's a deeper message in this story for you and for me, though. The deeper message that's in this as we look at this is that the donkey was needed. The owners of the donkey were willing to give it up, and it was to carry Jesus into Jerusalem. But we can extrapolate for that about you and I as well. You see, God needs us for God's kingdom. The calling is upon us, and the question is, will we be willing or not to go when the Lord says, I require you? And do we know what our purpose is? That we are to carry the world, we are to carry others to Christ. I love that sentence, the Lord requires it. I've often thought that when I was recruiting Sunday school teachers or youth leaders or members to serve on the stewardship committee that someone's going to say, no, that's not my thing. And I wanted to go, but the Lord requires it. And people would magically say, by all means, I'll join the stewardship committee. I'll teach middle school Sunday school. (laughs) The Lord requires it. Think about that. The power in that sentence, that that sentence conveys all kind of awe-inspiring power. I mean, why else would the disciples utter that and the owners of the donkey just willingly give it over? But there's a deep meaning in here for us. It's really that you and I have something to offer God's kingdom, that God calls upon us. And if sometimes we claim that when we think God's calling us, no, you can't be calling me. I don't have the right gifts. You know, others have much better voices to sing in the choir. Others are much more organized. Others, you know, we try to sit there and downplay our strengths as if we have nothing that God could use. But the reality is that's not true. We all have something to offer God. We all have something to offer God and God comes to us and God calls us by name, says you're mine, but more importantly, God says, I need you. I require you. I require what you have. Years ago, there was a candidate for the priesthood. This candidate for the priesthood, this was centuries ago, and they they came for the the chief priest, the, the chief head of the cathedral, the bishop. For a test. And this young man, he wasn't real bright, but he knew that he was called by God to serve, and he knew that in his heart. And as the priest tested him, he realized the man wasn't that bright. He was rather dull and kind of dumb. And the priest looked at him and he said, Son, son, you're as dumb as a mule. You're not going to be able to do this. But the man knew that the Lord called him. The man knew that the Lord was calling him, and he said, But, sir, but Father, if, if God could take the jawbone of a mule and give it in Samson's hands and Samson could wipe out those that were against God's people, imagine what he can do with me. You see, that man got it. Sure, he wasn't the brightest light bulb in the, in the constellation. Sure, he wasn't the greatest one out there. He may not have been the smartest, but he knew that the Lord required him for some purpose and wanted his heart and his abilities and his skills. And he said, I require it. And the young man said, here I am. 
So what about us? When the Lord calls us, what is the Lord calling us to do? How can God use you? How can God use you and me to change the world around us? What is God calling us to do? And do we hear those words spoken to us so plainly? The Lord requires you. The Lord needs you. But it's not just enough for us to understand that we are needed by God, that we are called to use our gifts, our talents, no matter what they may be. But it's also to understand the willingness for us to be used. You see, that's what's so amazing about this story is it's not just that the Lord told the disciples to say to the owners of the mule, the Lord requireth. But it was the fact that when they heard those statements, when they heard that sentence, that the owners said willingly, please take the mule. See, God wants that willingness to serve in our lives, not only that we recognize that we're being called, but they're willing to go and to do. Sometimes that means that we go outside of our comfort zone. Sometimes it means that we do the thing that we don't think that we have time to do, but God has called us and laid that calling on our heart. And we say, yes, I want to do that. I want to follow that willingness to serve. I'll be the hands and feet of Christ. Sometimes we may want to protest and say, Lord, I hear that you're calling me, but I am just one person and you're asking me to change the world. There is no way that I can push back the tide of change. But here's the secret. You and I may be one person in the world, but we can be the world to one person with whom we come in contact with, with whom we share the love of God, with whom we use our gifts and talents, with whom we say to them, you matter to me because you matter to God. That's what matters most. Is that we realize that we are called and that we're willing to serve because God has called us to change the world, even if it's for just one person. Which begs the question for us today as we get swept up in this parade, as we've waved our palm branches, do we not realize that God is calling us, but also maybe to what is God calling us to do? Are we willing to serve? Are we willing to go and to make a change in the world because we are swept up in the parade and we are caught up in it and we don't want to go back to the way we used to be? And the final part of this story, of course, is not only to recognize that, the God, that God requires you and me, that God calls us and that we're willing to serve. But that part of our calling is to understand that we are to bring others to Christ, to invite others to join the parade, to come alongside us and to walk it, to wave their palm branches with us and to make the kingdom a better place. See, the calling of disciples is to realize that we are needed, that we are willing, but that calling is to go into the world, to follow Jesus, to make disciples, to change the world around us. And the way that we do it is that we go out and we invite others to be on the journey with us. That's how we grow the kingdom. Now, sure, some of us are called to ordain ministry, but when you look at the greater span of those that are called by God, ordained clergy are about this big, this great number, whereas all of the kingdom is much larger. You see, we're called to follow Jesus, to make disciples simply by the way we live our lives. We're truly called to witness to the gospel by our words and our actions and our practice of faith. Is that when we do that, when we get caught up in the parade and we carry it outside the doors of this place and we show the world what a follower of Jesus Christ looks like, how they live, how they recognize that they are needed and that they are willing to serve, 
that the world says, wait a minute, maybe I'm being called too. Sometimes the way we live speaks volumes, the things that we do much more than the gospel that we preach from the Bible. Sometimes we know that the death of customer service, the death of that experience sort of has really made us raw and sometimes human connection is further and further between. When we look at customer service industries, when we talk about what's an example of bad customer service, sometimes we settle on, ooh, I've got my favorite story to tell you. It involves either the telephone company or the cable company. Well, let me tell you about Robert. So one day, Robert, who's a technician for Spectrum Internet, was on a call, went to a lady's house to install new internet and streaming TV, and this is the letter that she wrote after his visit. Dear Spectrum, today your technician Robert came to our home to upgrade our internet and to help us start up TV streaming. Let me tell you, he walked into a mess. My son Sailor is three years old. He was born with two rare brain defects and he is blind. He is unable to communicate his needs and today was a rough day for him. He had been crying all morning long. I've been trying to soothe him while he was, while also meeting the needs of our two-year-old daughter, cleaning the house, washing the dishes, and doing the laundry while my husband works. Needless to say, it's been a tough day. When Robert walked in and started explaining to me what he was going to do, Sailor ran up to him and reached up. Robert didn't seem bothered at all and instead held my son off and on for the whole of the 45 minutes that he was in our home. He snuggled him closely while I folded laundry. It was a huge relief for this tired mama. Robert could have walked in, rushed through his work order and left, but instead he saw a greater need than internet and he met that. That's beyond customer service. That's humanity at its best. Robert deserves a raise, a raise, a promotion or something. He is an asset to your community, I mean to your company. And I will never forget his kindness. See, Robert was needed. Robert was willing to serve. St. Francis taught that sometimes in life, our calling is simply to do this. Preach Jesus daily. Use words if necessary. See, I think that's the difference. I think the difference is that we get caught up in the parade and it makes us this wonderful, we enjoy being in this place, we enjoy the feel that we have for here, but when we leave here, sometimes we forget that we've got to carry the parade out in the world with us, that we've got to carry the parade out so that we can bring others back with us next week so they enjoy the joy that we have, the joy of serving, realizing that they too are needed and that they can explore the willingness in their own souls for how God might use them. So we begin today, Holy Week. We begin the week that talks and defines our faith in ways that we only begin to understand each and every year as we unpack it a little bit deeper for ourselves. And in the midst of the parade, the disciples realized that they were needed. They went to a house and they asked for a donkey and it was sent to them so that Jesus could come in in great glory. But you and I, we too are disciples. We are called and the Lord says to us, you are needed. 
You are needed and I require you. The question for us is, do we realize that? Are we willing to go and will we carry the parade out into the world so that we can bring the world to Christ, bring others to his side to know his love for you and for me and for all of creation? Or will we walk out of here buttoned down, unchanged, just as if we walked in this place? Will we realize that God requires us, God needs us as his instruments to change the world, to bring the world on the journey to the cross so that we might enjoy the resurrection? Will we carry the parade out having let it change our lives? Or will we just revert like clockwork back to our old selves? I hope we do the other, that we go out and change the world for one person today. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.